This is Shifron Stop, a fun podcast about games and cultural stuff and comedy and interviews. Hello, Layla. Hi, Ruth. I always go very high pitched when I do that. <laughs> it's just excitement. It's I am like, excited. It's quite. It's a little bit like in Rainbow or something. Like when they're all saying hello to each other on a children's TV programme. I think you either enjoy that job or you stop doing it pretty quickly. I imagine you have to be kind of a bit um, excitable. <laughs> Which are we? <laughs> I think we both agreed the other day that we haven't stopped, we've just slowed down. We have. We have just slowed down to very infrequent. I think we could do this much more often if we didn't have the pressure of amazing guests every time. Like if, it, if it was just this then we could just release this. We could do this every week. Like, like Mike and uh, Tom yeah. or uh, many other podcasts that are just two people talking. Or we could appeal to the listeners more and get them to do more content for us mm-hmm. instead of doing an interview. And then we could do them quite often. We could. We could be more frequent if we didn't have to book really amazing people. Yeah. And I think we've, we've backed ourselves into a corner where they kept getting better. Yes. And we've not wanted to ratchet back down again. Yeah, yeah. So I don't think we should go for people just for the sake of it just so to have so we can have a guest either mm. i think that'd be the wrong decision i think we should do something totally different that's not guest related wow. if we wanted to keep the frequency up oh that's exciting so rue i think you've brought something special with you today oh layla i'm very keen to uh, to hear i've got a special treat yeah i i found <laughs> in my house I found uh, a book. It's a small red exercise book. It would have been a history exercise book from the Blanford School Mm -hmm. had I not managed to get two of them. One for history and one for, as you can tell from the uh, the Mm -hmm. title on the front, this is (laughs) Poems, A. Reynolds, 1994 to 1995. Now, you're saying that you were 15 at this time. Yeah. The the writing, did you write this with your left hand? (laughs) (laughs) My writing has got significantly worse since 1995. Looks, it looks like the writing of, um, I would say, a, a nine-year-old um, <laughs> from the way that you, just the way you've written it there. I'm just judging you based well, on that. That's generous. But it's quite sweet. Yeah. It is. It's quite neat and, and sweet. I have always had quite bad handwriting. And for that, I actually blame one of my first teachers uh, mm. who insisted that we learn calligraphy. Oh, God. And it was very difficult when you hadn't yet learned to write. Mm. <laughs> So it's always been quite confused and frustrated, which is a theme that will emerge in many other ways through this book. I might let you pick a theme okay. from the following list. Okay. You have life, things I hate, or things I hated when I was 14, 15, winter, which is appropriate because it's now coming into winter, sex. There's one poem that's just quite surreal, um, and then there's one about a doomed relationship, um, which is actually the last poem in the book. So oh. I, I might suggest we come to that last, although it's definitely a bit of a downer. Oh. Well, let, let's, um, let's have life. OK, life. This is a good one. This is quite an early one. Well, I say good. <laughs> this is quite a bad poem. Um, but it's quite an early one in the book. Uh, it's, it's only on the second page. Right. And it's written as a series of rhyming couplets, okay. which is a theme that would come to dominate the work of A. Reynolds, 1994 <laughs> right. to 1995. Unfortunately, it's not written on the page as a series of rhyming couplets. Um, it's kind of written as though it was free verse. Right. So it makes it harder to read. It is. It's written as continual text, but you've drawn a sort of um, stylized box around yeah, it. Yeah, box helps. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> so bear with me. Um, I'm going to try and uh, read this as I might have done at the age of, uh, what, 14, 15. Okay. 
I'm not dead and you're not dead, but that only comes as a slight relief from the heat and the pain and the misery of life when a man wrecks his car and beats up his wife. He should only take a spoonful when he's needy. Don't take too much. Don't be so greedy. We're alive at the moment, but that will soon pass. Just take a look at yourself. How long will you last? Oh, it's, it's quite deep. Though. I was angry. Sweet, yeah. Were you quite angry when you were a teenager? I, I was confused mainly, I think. That's interesting. Cause you're not, you, and now you seem to be like the opposite of angry. That's nice. Much all the time. I'm so pretty chilled now. You just had to get through that, get out, get out your system. And it, it's a difficult time, I think. Yeah. 15, you're changing a lot mm. in lots of different ways. Mm. Yeah, I don't think school was very easy for me, actually. Mm. I think the work was quite easy. I, I didn't struggle with the lessons, but I didn't really work in them. The, all the other stuff I found really difficult. <laughs> Girls, Social, yeah. people. It's horrible, isn't it? Oh. School's horrible especially for teenagers. But you but you were so creative. I think I find this interesting that you're, people probably think of you, especially listening to Shift on Stop, probably think of you as sort of a, a slightly geeky person. Slightly. Who's, you know, a bit uh, technical, is, is in computers, as our theme tune says. <laughs> in the mainframe. In the mainframe. And yet here you are writing soulful poetry. It was something that I didn't really consciously think about, mm. but I had to write some of this stuff down just mm. to get it out of the way. And if you're 15 and you're listening to this, it gets better. Well, there is there is a teenager who listens to this because I met him at um, the Spectrum thirtieth Spectrum anniversary event thing uh, that I hosted with Paul Squires. Yeah, he came up to me and said, "Layla, thanks so much for the podcast. Oh, really enjoy good. it." And actually, I think he's about fifteen, sixteen, maybe. So you know, this is for you. It is for you. He's called of mice and mods on Twitter. Hello, at of mice and very mods. Very clever lad. Yes. Wow. Okay, can I choose another poem? Uh, yes, please. Can well, we have the surreal one. Yeah, let's have the surreal one. This is this is probably a good representation of more slightly more fun, Rue. Okay, good. Or Andrew, as he would have wanted to be known then. Yeah, not Andy. Definitely never Andy. Right. This was a time in my life when I was learning French. Okay. So there's the odd French phrase makes its way in here. Right. The title <laughs> I can barely read now is uh, "For four douleur douleur," <laughs> which I think means sadness or, or misery. Oh or, yes, yeah. Yeah, it's a pun, yeah. It's a pun. And, the, and then the second half of that is Je me suis coupé, which I think means I cut myself. But don't worry, listeners, I was not into self-harm. Okay. Dirt the dish to up, you called. I shirt her up. It shoves and hand my she grabs, grabs she. She says there's figs in the hi-fi. <laughs> She's <laughs> Is that a line? It's a line from the Blur song. I don't know if that's the exact line, but it's 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 something like that. She it's says there's figs in the hi-fi. Yeah, dirty little antlers. I've written, but I think it's dirty little monsters. I think you've been inspired I think, by. Uh, I think Blur. Blur, <laughs> <laughs> Blur has definitely influenced this. Um, where do we get to? She says there's figs in the hi-fi. Dirty little antlers eating all the bisons, picking up the sushi fish on a physics page. Meaning what? If I have no fork in the road, j'ai perdu mon cheval, horse. Racing snails, with beer belly fat, she covers herself with a fig. Leave me alone with your toasty cheese. Rings on a plate of concombre. Mon legume favorite préféré. Is that the end? No. No, it's not the page. <laughs> There's more. J'ai mal aux dents. Ne mangez pas le bonbon. <laughs> For after dinner consumption. What have you in the way of thingies and what have you? Je me suis coupé. How will I cope with the weight and the strain of the fruit on the trees rusting? I have to find the plurals of pluri, not singular. I mean, I think it's pretentious in the extreme. <laughs> I think it's some of the most willfully, obnoxiously <laughs> absurd poetry that any 14, 15-year-old has ever committed. It is, but I quite like it. I think, um, I actually think there's some interesting ideas, and I think you've done some quite clever things in there. But it's interspersed with, with it rips off lines from songs. Yeah, I mean, it's not perfect. And weird <laughs> French puns, which barely make yes. any sense. 
but you know, good for you. Trying something else. So maybe as, as a final one, um, a, a poem about um, a, the, the subtitle is An Account of the Events, 7pm, 21st of July, 95, to 9pm, 22nd of July. <laughs> so it's a party. Right. Yeah. It's an evening. Okay. And I'm okay now, but at the time. So it's called A Midsummer Night's Dream Come True, and it's got a question mark on the oh. end of the title, which kind of gives, gives the game away. Okay, now, I have to warn you later. <laughs> <laughs> there might be some s- not strongly sexual language, um, but it gets a tiny bit physical. There's, think, just there's, think carefully about the thousands of listeners that we have. There's <laughs> a metaphor that I'm I'm worried about now. Can I see if I can see it without <laughs> reading it out? I feel I feel out of respect to your teenage self. You should you should not read this paragraph. I think you're, I think I shouldn't read yeah. any of this poem. Actually, it's very sad. Okay, so we'll miss that bit out. Um, there's a, a metaphor that nobody needs to know about. Um, neither of us. Right, okay. Neither of us fully appreciates the moment, and eventually she leads me outside into privacy. For the past few months, I've dreamed of little else, and when she smiles dumbly up at me, my heart leaps. This is stupid. I know it is, was. We're friends, and we'll soon be back at separate schools. Mr Hormones pushes his luck again, just once more. And it seems to pay off, but now the kiss is faster, less caring, less meaningful. One last grab at hope. Earlier that day, I'd wanted nothing more than this, and now I have it, and I know I never will again. I'm confused. A passionate moment has become a meaningful talk, and she asks for my opinions, as just another good friend joins the dreadful list. I can't win. It's sad, isn't it? It's really sad. I can't win, and now I know I've lost her. Later, conversation is tight, tense. We can no longer talk, we're distant. The sight of her reminds me of happy times never had, days without her stretch ahead. When I phone her to talk, she lies to me, and she'll not see me. To others, all of this comes so easily. Memory can be erased by alcohol. Emotions can't. I write a letter but never post it. The next time I see her, perhaps we'll talk, but I doubt it. We'll lie, pretending to have this terrific friendship. I will not ask again. Rejection is inevitable. And that was the last thing I wrote in the book. And that's at the... Is that the end? No, it's not even the end of the book. You just left half a (laughs) blank. Yeah, just empty book. That's really sad. Well, thank you for sharing your incredibly personal (laughs) poetry. So Um, you mentioned that you, you maybe were writing poems when you were a similar age. I was, but they weren't really personal. They were sort of um, jokey. Mm-hmm. They were always couplets, that just things that I thought were funny. There's them. something pleasing about couplets. I think they're yeah. quite fun to get into. Yeah, couplets. and um, But never kind of personal, like, about my feelings kind of stuff. Mm. It was always just sort of, here's something I noticed, or here's something I thought was funny. I think it was an alternative to a diary, really. Especially yeah. that last one. I wasn't writing a diary at the time. It was the biggest and most woeful thing that had ever happened to me and I had yeah. to just get it out really yeah, yeah. I've got like books like that that are full of things that I start, I try to make loads of little magazines and things all the time so I was always like coming up with little stupid things um, did you have themes jokes. was there a project that you that you remember if there were themes exactly I can't yeah I can't remember that well to be honest but there's always like little loads of little drawings and you'd have to come up with the title and then you'd have to come up with the font you wanted oh these were uh, you, you were using a computer actually no no usually on by hand oh wow yeah okay. by hand and then photocopying things nice but um, but it started with me and my brother making comics because we used to read comics we used to live on a caravan um, <laughs> on a campsite and we used to read all the comics in the games room and that was like our big sort of media influence mm children mm. so we used to sit and um, make our own comics oh, brilliant. and mine were just like half of them like, even though I just I had like the starship winner prize was one of my favorites <laughs> and they were all kind of stupid puns like that but quite a few of them were just ripped off my brother so I just like look at his comic <laughs> and go oh, I want a character like that, I'm doing that like, he had um yeah he had um 
Punky Pete and I had Funky Fred. Oh, <laughs> he looked brilliant. exactly like Punky Is this Pete. your older brother? Yeah, yeah, I've only got one brother and okay. he's, he's like a year older than me. It is, it is exactly as you say, it's, it's feels a bit embarrassing, but it's so genuine at the time and it's just kind of part of who you were. Yeah. And you recognise yourself in it. You I see, do. You know, you're still... There's still, yeah, chunks of me are still... still like yeah. that, yeah. I remember um, being very obsessed with JFK and the assassination <laughs> of JFK. Wow. At, at probably a year younger than that, I guess. Um, right. And using a photocopier to make... Uh, like laying out lots of cut out bits mm. um, to make a book and then using a photocopier to make a nice copy of it um, and yeah me and my friend Emily we made a book about the assassination of JFK oh. we were pretty obsessed um, <laughs> it was the year that the film JFK right. came out yeah. uh, so all the conspiracy theories were kind of whooshing around our heads and they all made sense to us yeah how old were you then? Uh, I would say probably about 14 13, mm. 14 when JFK came out so I was too young to watch it mm. um, but only by a year or two. Right. Did you have a crazy wall of JFK stuff with all like pins and bits of string? No, that would be brilliant. I'd love a crazy wall. Yeah. <laughs> it's not too late, Rue. We can make one now. <laughs> my brain is, is basically one. Um, I did a, a presentation recently about my collections. Oh, yeah, I was going to ask you about that. And um, yeah, that, the crazy wall did feature in that. <laughs> the idea that if it was physically laid out in front of me, I'd be a bit terrified about some of the things that I've spent my time collecting. Everyone's got to have a hobby. You've bought a house, Layla. I have. Um, I've bought a house. Uh, it's nice. It's fine. It's quite old. <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. No, it's really nice. I love it. It's. I absolutely love it. Um, and it's got a big garden, and I haven't got the heating on yet, so I'm not living there just yet, but I'll be in in a couple of weeks. But I, I keep going over there and putting things in it to make it seem a bit homely. Mm-hmm. Um, and... Yes, the only thing is that it has a bit of a dark past, Rue. Ooh, <laughs> tell us more. It's, what did you discover? It's very, well, it's a very nice area, and everybody who lives around there has lived there for, like, 12 years or longer. Hmm. But, <laughs> but. I took, I, after I had my survey done, I took a build around yeah. to get his opinion as well. Like an informal um, second opinion? Yes, and also to sort of get quotes in case I wanted to try and haggle them down a bit on the price and ah, stuff. Ah, right. So, like, finding um, bits of work that might need doing. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. see what he th- how serious he thought it all was. Right. And it was all fine. He was going, yeah, this is just an old house. This is what they're like. Mm. But he said, um, he said, he came up from the basement with a big smile on his face <laughs> saying, did you know your house used to be used to grow marijuana? <laughs> <laughs> you live in a cannabis farm. So I live in a, yeah. There were people who grew drugs uh, living in my house before me and they were renting it and um, I talked to the neighbours about it and they said yeah they were always uh, tipping bits of soil into their gardens in little cups <laughs> like in the night like like sort of like from the Great Escape like tipping all their little because you use special soil I think right. so maybe some listeners will have experience with maybe this, somebody's growing cannabis um, you can tell us maybe more they can, they can let us know what this is but I think there's some substance in the soil like little kind of stones or something which give it away and I guess if you have sniffer dogs oh, around the house or right. something they'll be able to tell so they were distributing the soil they were distributing it into other gardens so that it was wow. out of the um off their land sort of thing and uh yeah and the back door looks like it's been forced with a screwdriver um and i mean it, it doesn't fit anyway it needs a new back door but so uh, that's fine i'm not worried about that but yeah the neighbors confirmed that the police had raided the house a couple wow. of times how exciting yeah, yeah yeah so i'm gonna get the locks changed <laughs> <laughs> might be a good idea <laughs> don't really want any of those people coming back but, uh, yeah, so it's nice to have a house of history. And it wasn't obvious when you looked around that it had been previously mm. set up as a massive no, cannabis farm? Well, that's almost a suspicious thing, is right. that it's really nicely done out inside. Like, they've put new carpets in, painted everything, put new bathroom in. Wow. So you'd never know. The basement's a bit damp, which I think maybe is just a thing with basements, that they get a bit damp. 
Uh, it seems to be quite common in Sheffield. So um, <laughs> It's common yeah. in lots of basements. Yeah, I'm sure, yeah. yeah. Basements it's, are underground, they get down. I guess that's true. Have you got a basement in your house? No, no. no. Um, or if, if there is one, I've not not seen it yet. It's I possible. Thought, yeah, you might have a secret one. You <laughs> might be full of cannabis. <laughs> God, can you imagine? <laughs> That'd be amazing. But um, yeah, so I'm hoping that maybe as I as I start digging up the garden, I'll find some um, some cannabis plants and <laughs> stuff. <laughs> then this morning, I was reading all these horror stories about people who bought houses that used to be used for growing um, cannabis or marijuana, or whatever. But if any listeners know of anything that I should be looking out for, I'd love to know. Um, to buy. Because I'm feeling a little bit worried about it now. Not very worried, because I think it's okay. And I say I had a survey done and stuff, but I'm a tiny bit concerned. Am I going to be forced to continue using my property as a cannabis farm? That's what I need to know. I think that would be the ultimate uh, excuse. (laughs) Sorry, officer. It was like this when I moved in. It's already like this, yeah. (laughs) Somebody's left a huge hydroponic setup in my basement. (laughs) I did read a thing saying how to tell if your neighbours are growing cannabis online, and it was all stuff like, are they bringing in huge fans and (laughs) large bits of equipment, lamps and plants all the time? Large bags of fertiliser. Usually a giveaway. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. It's just like the film Lock, Stock and Two Smoking Exactly, Bottles. where he goes, Jill Winston. <laughs> <laughs> when you were reading out your poems there, it reminded me of um, a shopping list that I found in a shop recently that made me laugh, so I thought I'd read that out. This seems to have become a thing, posting found shopping lists. Does it? Oh, right, I don't know. I see a lot of people on Instagram finding shopping lists and putting them on. I think they've either been inspired by you or you've just uh, hit the zeitgeist maybe, right on the head as normal. Maybe people are just leaving them around more. Where did you um, find the shopping list? I found it in, I think, wait, no, big Tesco's, the massive Tesco's in Sheffield, which is bigger than your Tesco's. The one that we've argued about, which <laughs> is... No, a different one, a oh. Sheffield one, mm. which is absolutely, um, it's a Tesco's extra and it's really, really big. I live fairly near a very big Sainsbury's, you'll remember, okay, not yes. a big Tesco's. Yeah, oh yeah, that's mm. right, yeah. Um, we discussed this at length on the, <laughs> the previous fascinating episode of Shift and Stop. Um, My friend Nick was walking around the big Sainsbury's when he was listening to oh. the episode in which the big Sainsbury's gets talked oh, about. Oh, you should do like a walking tour thing of it. <laughs> just... Now we're going through the clothes <laughs> yeah. aisle. And to your left. But then three weeks later it would change, so it would be, mm. be useless. Walking well, tour, you'd have to update it every two weeks. You'd have to listen to them regularly then, wouldn't you? <laughs> <laughs> Tell us about your, your shopping uh, well, list. Does well, it rhyme? I want to know if it's in all, rhyming couplet form. It's not, but what? Does it have any excruciating metaphors for, <laughs> for light no. sexual experiences? It does have some amusing punctuation. The first thing on the list, all in capitals, is potatoes with an apostrophe mm. and the next thing is uh, deodorant d-e-o-d-r-a-n-t the next one's toilet rolls fine no fine. problems there then uh, Chinese curry sauce all in capitals then wine times one <laughs> one, one wine one wine and baguette then spelled, spelled right it's, it's spelled right wow. I was surprised I was impressed yeah and crisps and then the last thing is chicken question mark <laughs> I'm going to hold off deciding about that until we get there. Yeah, just can't quite decide. So potatoes, deodorant, toilet rolls, Chinese curry sauce, wine, times one, baguette, crisps, chicken. Chicken. I don't think I've ever written a tentative shopping list item. Normally I make the decision. (laughs) So I share that. It's great. Hello, my name's Dave Gorman and you're listening to Shift Run Stop. List I've got a list with, with check marks and everything. Yeah. I'm going to tick that off. That was embarrassing. Right. Well, well um, yeah, some of them aren't really um, aren't really things. They're just like reminders, like Cardassians versus Cardassians. Oh, yeah. Let's do that. Well, I don't know what to do with it. It's just a thing. It's just a, like it could be a game thing, like a game show thing. It could become a format. <laughs> right. Cardassian or, or Cardassian. So, you know, Kim, she's a Cardassian with a K. Yeah. Whereas 
and you'll know more about this than I do, I believe some of the Star Trek aliens... Oh, yes. Kind of reptile ones. Yes. Cardassian with a C. Yeah. It's not... Yeah, I don't really have a format. <laughs> it's just an idea. Yeah, it's... Pretend confusion between the two. Sort of an idea for a fancy dress costume. <laughs> one person yeah. comes as Kim Cardassian, one person comes as... Some sort of combination of the two. I wouldn't be able to name a famous Cardassian. Like, just a reptile with a wig on. I've ticked that off the list now. Right, yeah. <laughs> Maybe that wasn't such a go. No. <laughs> Yeah, one of the things I was thinking I might do now that I can, because I've got garden space and stuff, is maybe get a dog. <gasps> yeah. That would be so good. I wanted one, like, all my life, and I've never been able to get one, and now I pretty much can work from home whenever I like, and, and you know, I've got a bit of disposable income. And, and a garden. And a garden, and I just don't know when it would be a better time. Like, why keep putting it off? So I really want one. That's brilliant. So, I know. Have you been thinking about breeds of dogs? I have. Well, I've been thinking not very rationally about breeds of dogs. Right. And um, the one that I always wanted is uh, Border Collie. And I know everyone goes, but they need so much exercise. But I think I need quite a lot of exercise as well. And if I just took her with me everywhere, or him, um, and just did loads of walks in the morning and the evening and stuff. Well, it's a good motivator. Makes Makes you go for a walk every single day. Yeah. Twice, sometimes. Yeah, <laughs> that's fun. Yeah, yeah. Collies are lovely. They're they're really smart and naturally keen to um, kind of round things up. Yes, yeah. <laughs> Even if like they're that. not trained to, they like doing it. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's the trouble, isn't it? Because because my new house is on a the front of my new house goes out onto a road, which is a main road. It's mm. not ma- massively busy, but it is a main road, and I'm a bit worried about it trying to round up the traffic and stuff. Because I've only <laughs> I have seen them chase after cars and things oh, in the past, no. but I just wouldn't let it do that. I'd keep it at the back. <laughs> Keep it in the garden. In the back garden, yeah. So you you can get to nice places to walk quite easily from where you are now. I can. I've got got a big park near me and it's quite near the countryside and then I can just get on the bus and go out to the peaks, which is just amazing. So you can just let it run around and exhaust itself. Leila, I've been thinking recently, um, partly having given a presentation about collections, I've been thinking about compulsions. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Which, if you um, extrapolated beyond... The act of collecting something. Mm. Um, I think we've talked in the past loosely about kind of obsessive-compulsive behaviours, mm. and uh, I wondered whether you'd ever identified any of your own compulsions. <laughs> I, d- I have that, like, I still occasionally get this, where you feel like you have to do something or something bad will happen. Okay. That thing. Yeah. And it's just, like, superstition, really. Mm. Mm. But I still sometimes, like, if I'm feeling a bit stressed or tired, I find myself thinking, like... If something it's like it's hard to explain. It's like um if I try something or if I have a thought about something, I think in my head, if it works out like this then that's good and if it works out like that then that's bad. Right. And that means that that's like a bad luck thing. You're not talking about like the toss of a coin, you're talking about something unimportant. Something totally will, unimportant. Yeah. Will have meaning. Yeah, exactly. And it's it will just kind of it's really occasional. It's not like something that affects my life in a really negative way. And as children, you would have to like list something and think of all the things in that list and stuff like that. Wow. And if you didn't, then something bad would happen. But it's such a stupid thought. And, it, and you get really annoyed when it comes into your head as well. You go, well, that, why did I think that? Now I'm going to think it. Now I'm going to think that's like... Anyway, so that's the only, <laughs> that's the only thing. That's and do you, are there, does it have um, like a reliable cause? Is there something that, that triggers that? No, I don't think there is. Weird. I wonder if there is. Maybe I should get therapy. But um, it's quite rare that it comes up, and when it does come up now, I try and deal with it by thinking, but that's just stupid. Why are you thinking like that? Um, But it's quite powerful. It is like, 
like if I t- try to turn, maybe if I try to turn a tap on, and mm. it may, this is just an example, mm. you turn the hot tap on, and you don't know if it's going to come out hot straight away. So your brain immediately makes it makes that important by saying, if it comes out hot straight away, that's bad luck. <laughs> if it comes out, it wow. Cold. Like really, it's just like an immediate. It's not even like a verbal thought. It's just like a sort of binary thing in your head that clicks. So this isn't the same as have I left the oven on? This is yeah. one of two arbitrary choices. Yeah. Doesn't even matter. You know, neither yeah. of them is particularly good or bad. Yeah. Just equates to bad luck. Yeah, yeah. It's like just like making up some positions on the spot. Just making life <laughs> so a lot harder for yourself. Yeah, every yeah. day. It's not. It's not every day though. It's, it, it happens um, very rarely now, and it's usually just. It's almost like a result of just letting your mind wander a bit, mm-hmm. and it gets to that point of sort of ultimate creativity where you start inventing <laughs> superstitions but I'm, I'm sure that listeners will be able to relate to this I'm, I'm positive that some of our uh, geeky listeners or non-neurotypical listeners <laughs> probably do have of these which things there too but do you think you have compulsions? Oh, I have lots but I, yeah. I'm interested in this idea of where superstitions come from yeah. because the first person to see a black cat cross in front of their path yeah. must have thought oh that's bad yeah. I'm going to tell someone else that's bad yeah yeah <laughs> it's the same, it must be the same thing Walking under a ladder, I can understand because that's like a yeah. yeah. You're going to get wet or something, mm. and it's just it's polite if somebody's up a ladder. Mm. You don't want to frighten them by getting too close to their ladder. Yeah, <laughs> you, know, you don't want to be walking under it because that's going to it's going to yeah. frighten them. Yeah, my compulsions. I suppose um, I've been I've been observing them more recently. Mm. Uh, so I'm very aware that every time I this is. Yeah, I'm sure there's a reason for this, but every we, time... We've been opening up a lot on this episode, <laughs> really. I feel like we're much closer. In a yeah. bad way. <laughs> every time I post a letter into a letterbox, yep. I have to, and I mean have to, put my hand in to the mouth of the letterbox afterwards and then waft it up and down a bit. <laughs> <laughs> and I think the reason for this is because I'm checking that the letter has gone into the letterbox and isn't somehow magically floating inside the mouth right yes yeah, yeah. i think I, I have to physically put my hand in and then wave it up and down i mean it's not that i count it but it's kind of a it's an yeah. up and down wave that then happens <coughs> the comedy alarm's gone off may i have your attention please <sighs> may i have your attention please fire has been reported in the building we actually have to leave the building please now. listen for further instructions does this happen a lot the alarm going off uh it happened last month Hello, this is Simon out of Trev and Simon. This is Shifter on Stop. Can we get some spooky sound effects? <laughs> Maybe. When I go around um, Asda, which is near my new house, which we were talking about earlier in the show, we or were. later in the show. Um, <laughs> At some point in this episode. There is a... There's a whole section for Halloween stuff. It's like they've just totally gone to town with it. Maybe because it's Walmart Group as well. So it's oh, like that American thing. they're bringing in American ideals yeah. into the British supermarket. I've never been anywhere that has been so obsessed with Halloween. It's incredible. And you, as you walk through, there's like sound effects coming out. <laughs> no. Yeah, they play honestly. They play <laughs> like screaming noises and like creaky doors and stuff. Do they have on. men dressed in uh, zombie outfits chasing <laughs> you down the aisle? That would be next Not year, quite. surely. That would be amazing. They should just go to town with it, shouldn't they? They've Firing. got that space. <laughs> firing silly string at you. <laughs> That'd be amazing. So what did you buy from the supermarket? I didn't buy anything from that supermarket. That's just where, where I should have got stuff from. Because right. It was amazing. Yeah. Um, but because I was travelling, I thought, oh, I'll just go down south and it'll be the same. Yeah. But having come down south, I haven't seen anywhere near as much bespoke Halloween specialty snacks as I, as I usually do. So do you think there might be a north-south divide with how much time and attention people are willing to... There might be. Yeah. There might be. But I went to um, Lidl and I bought 
I like little. It's good, isn't it? Yeah, it's fun. Little. It's good for random food that you don't see everywhere. Yeah, it's also good for getting Christmassy things in August. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. If you ever want like four litres of vodka for a pound. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, Lidl is yeah. the place to start. Let's do it like a little snack special sometime. That would be really that. good. Yeah. Weird Polish snacks. Yeah, yeah, we could so do that. That would be really good. East European <laughs> peculiarities. Well, the, the first uh, thing in front of me is some Haribo horror mix mm. with bats and frogs. Yes, I also have... Is that crackling loudly? Uh, yeah, it's quite irritating. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's, uh, I have another bag of sweets here, which is, again, it looks like a Haribo, but it's like a Haribo rip-off mm. by Barrett. They're the people who make, you know, all that stuff. Licorice. Um, yeah, ba- licorice, all sort of thing. Or is that Bassett? Oh, Bertie Bassett. Oh, so who's Barrett? What do they make? <laughs> we need Barrett a snack expert, you? damn it. Oh, God. That's... I mean, this doesn't look like a, a high-end kind of snack product, does it? It's... Maybe they're um, playing on the Bassett's mm. good name. Maybe this is like, um, in, in the town where I grew up, Blandford in Dorset, mm. there was a shop called Harold's, but they used the Harrods font face. <laughs> <laughs> it looks Brilliant. a lot like Harrods. Um, Barrett's freaky body parts look yes. um, look like they might be worth a worth a taste. Yes, um, body parts seem to include teeth, foot, skull, brain, Ooh. and bone. Those are all parts of the body. Now, should we be eating these rather than, oh, yeah, um, rather than doing a breadth first yeah, analysis? Yeah, let's should we go depth first? Let's go, let's go depth first. <laughs> the, the freaky body parts. Oh, I'm excited. Ooh, they they smell, smell pretty good. awful. So I'm going to take two two different sorts of sweet here. There's okay. a foamy one that looks like a sort of milk bottle substitute, but in the shape of a bone. Right, they've all floated to the top mm. because of settling and caring <laughs> during packaging. Yeah. Um, what's the other thing that you And I had a, oh, like a, a jelly foot. So the bone is quite good, actually. Is it milky? I'll try it's, one. It's kind of a bit milky. I imagine it's got your mm. daily dose of calcium in it. Mmm, that's really nice. Yeah, well done. Um, this brain is quite chewy. It's like a very hard, chewy... Gum sweet. I had a purple foot, like a really, really okay wine gum. Yeah, this brain is like a wine gum as well, mm. but with no particular discernible flavour. Now, this is quite a big bag of sweets. This is mm. like a, um, this is 180 grams, which yeah. is a, a good hefty handful. On Halloween, <laughs> yeah. when you're at home and the kids are coming round, what's your approach for giving out sweets? Do you do it at all? I've lived in a flat for the last five years and um, have been blissfully left alone oh. by, by begging children right they've not um, had, they've not been able to come close enough but now i live in a house with yeah. a door on a front on a main road yeah i'm expecting there to be some uh, s- some sort of homeless begging children coming <laughs> around with like plastic bags and things over their heads well this time last year um in my my detached house in southampton Ooh. in a in a <laughs> suburban idyll we had a uh, very polite local children came around mm. Um, most of them were accompanied by parents or guardians, right? Um, and it's even the cheating. ones who, yeah, which is cheating. But even the ones who weren't were very polite, and I Aww. sort of held out a big multi-pack bag of sweets, mm. you know, that sort of swizzles little mini uh, selection of stuff. You know, yeah. like there might be a lolly or a yeah. mini thing of love hearts, or whatever. Holding out the bag, expecting them to take a big handful each and shove them in their big greedy one. sack. One little thing. Oh, each. that's so cute! And then they all said thank you, and oh, oh. it was adorable. So I kind of hope that happens again, actually. Yeah, excellent. Well, bring the sweets that you have left back <laughs> onto yeah. the show. We'll Would you like, child, a, f- a foot or a bone <laughs> from this bag? Just one. <laughs> yeah, these sweets are very small, we should stress. They are smaller than a, um, a normal fruit gum. Um, oh, that's brilliant, though. I love yeah, that. Did you Did you go um, trick-or-treating when you were a child? Then? No, I never did. I never t- participated in pagan rituals. <laughs> <laughs> we, uh, we didn't do that. So uh, Haribo, then. 
Let's try the horror mix that um, Marie just described. Uh, do you like to take your? Pick? So the, the first thing that catches my eye is a, a frog, uh, which is like a jelly sweet on one side and a kind of Haribo foam on the other. Um, yeah. A bit like uh, a grossly distorted fried egg. Oh yes, that's what it is, isn't it? It's, they're all kind of based on existing Haribo mod- models, I would have thought. Quite tough sweet that one. I like this one. It looks like a little spaceman initially, mm. but then you realise it's actually a skeleton. <laughs> um, and it's uh, again, it's the black uh, gum sweet with the foamy back mm. for sort of extra insulation when he lands <laughs> and he, <laughs> when he falls from Earth from uh, his spaceship. He's, from twenty three miles fine. in the air. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I like to imagine that. It's really nice, actually. Yeah. I think the Haribo flavours are noticeably better than yes. Bassett's rip off Barrett. Um, <laughs> I've got a feeling Barrett really nice. might be a, a genuine entity in its own right but I'm not convinced no I think you're right mm. um, but they yeah back to back I would say Haribo worth the extra money mm. I was reading about um, ancient astronauts recently and that little skeleton astronaut thing made me think of that uh, I, I have to pick you up there ancient astronauts the, the ancient astronaut theory <laughs> no no I'm not aware of that <laughs> tell me more while I tuck into the Haribo there is um, a, a particular breed of conspiracy theorists <laughs> who thinks that um, certain carvings and ancient artworks and things mm. imply that we were visited by uh, aliens in the past. And these pictures are all like, like the um, crystal skull in the new Indiana Jones film. Well, newish now. Newish, yeah. 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 Um, so uh, knowledge is the greatest treasure. I think that was the cheesy. Is that what it was? Yeah. <laughs> it was knowledge all along. <laughs> Fuck off. <laughs> Haribo is the greatest treasure. It sounds like something out of Prometheus, though, this idea that there mm. was like a whole generation... Exactly. But if you look at the actual pictures that people are basing these things on, some mm. of them are quite interesting. They're like, they actually do look like stone carvings of little spacemen with massive helmets on. And this is going back. So I like that theory. Well, that's, a, that's a fun um, theory. So maybe we can get someone who believes in it to come on the show. Is, is the premise that these were human astronauts that went into space or that no. aliens came to Earth... Yeah, the premise is that they are ancient visitors from other planets who have shared their superior technology knowledge with us often and helps us get a foothold. So quite often it's like um, they'll find some kind of amazing uh, diagram or like one of those, um, what they called those like pictures of the way that the, um, the planets circulate around the sun okay, and all yep, of that. Yep. Um, and they'll think, well, this was way too advanced for the actual um, the general level of civilization at the time. Oh. So, um, and and then they'll find some kind of carving that looks like a little spaceman, and they'll put two and two together. <laughs> Must and have so, been the aliens that did it. Clearly, it was the aliens. Yeah. Or that taught us how. Um, yes. Yeah. Mm. That gave us that kind of information. So there's like these little jumps in knowledge as time has gone on. Sounds like a thing that people might uh, say happened around the pyramids. So rather than mm. slavery, mm. must have been the aliens that exactly. helped us. Exactly. I think the pyramids are one of the examples that are often... Or maybe the aliens enslaved humanity in order to make pyramids. Mm. Who knows why they needed pyramids <laughs> or why they thought we should have pyramids. Maybe they are some kind of... Well, there's a thing, uh, I forget what it's called, but it's called... Um, I forget what it's called, but it looks <laughs> like a... Um, it looks a bit like a big runway... And it's like supposed to be naturally forming, but some people think that it's a landing strip for alien aircraft. Mm. Which, again, just sound, if you say that to someone, they'll just think you're mentally ill. But when you think about it... Why not? Why not? Why not? Exactly. Yeah. 
Okay. There's a beach in Dorset called Chesil Beach, mm. uh, which was naturally occurring because people remembered it not being there, and then the next day the, mm. the massive storm blew it up onto the beach. But that's that's a that's a big thing for nature to have done on its own. Mm. I prefer the idea that it was an alien landing strip, mm. which is now now a premise that I'm going to cling to. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> moving on with the sweeties. <laughs> anyway, moving on. Um, oh, Mr. Kipling. So they're green. Did you watch um, the Great British Bake Off? I did not. Uh, I think Rachel might have done. Uh, Rachel's kind of into that. I, mm. I'm afraid I've not really v- watched very much of that series. Was it good? It, yeah, it's great. It's such a good programme. I love it. It's it's just really, really good TV. What sort of things do they bake in the Great British well, Bake Off? Are they difficult the, things? The reason I mention this, yeah, they get they get increasingly difficult. So to start with, it's sort of biscuits and like a normal cake. Mm. And then by the end, they're baking things which I would say are... Well, this is what I'm interested in. Mm. I would say they're products that exist only exist as things that you can buy that are commercially available that didn't exist as sort of a thing that was ever cooked from scratch. It's Ooh. like something that's made. And one of the things so that... So mass production has made them possible yeah, and yeah. now people are trying to do them on a small scale as exactly well. Exactly okay. that, Can yeah. Give us an example. So, well, one of the ones in the final was this Fun Fancies, which we were about to try. Um, the in the style Mr. of a little Kipling. Mr. Kipling individually wrapped cake. Yeah, and... Um, and they were really hard to make these. They had like two hours to make twenty-five of these or something, or twenty-four, wow. mm-hmm. and um, they all fucked it up. And they're like really, really good bakers, these three guys, and they were absolute disasters. I mean, looking at the diagram on the front, well, I say diagram. Looking mm-hmm. at the uh, the the picture of the cake the having been bitten by Frankenstein, um, it's like a little cube of cake with a little squeeze of cream mm. on top and then the whole thing's wrapped in uh, you, in icing. Is that you so don't difficult? Think it'd be that difficult, would you? Um, they cut them. They cut them wrong, so one guy made them really, really small by mistake. And then they didn't put enough um, fondant on. It's really hard to get the fondant icing on smoothly because they were just sort of dipping these little cubes of cake oh, in the icing. right, you do a dip. And they were so blobby and just looked shit. Um, oh, interesting. So, so let's, let's, let's open them up. Uh, yeah, I wonder what flavour these are. They're green. They're Frankenstein flavour. <laughs> doesn't actually say, does it? No, it doesn't. <laughs> Maybe they're just sugar flavoured yeah they don't look I would say they don't look quite as appetising as the usual pink no I agree style. I agree green is not really a, an icing colour that I would naturally find myself warming to it's quite sweet yeah it's very sweet nice icing nice fondant filling See. cake's alright that's the, the the thing that could really ruin this would be a, mm. a really horrible dry bit of cake but it's alright it's not what I would call cake exactly it's quite like dense and mm. moist and like powdery <laughs> if all those, if all those words go together. But not powdery dry, dry. No. It's still got some nice. Um, oh, I think it's no, still it's got like some moisture a, to it. It's like a sponge. Um, That's right. Not like it's a, a bit of a sponge, cake. isn't it? Yeah. yeah. It's good. It doesn't have any um, horrifying flavour. I was no. rather hoping for a bit of lime or something zingy on the outside, but uh, it's just you know sugary. It didn't make me scream. Mm. It's come to something, hasn't it, when just making a green cake can be considered frightening enough for Halloween. Consider the Cadbury's cream egg. is exactly that. They just yeah. replaced the yellow colouring with green colouring. Yeah, we did it, didn't we, last year? I think we did the. Yeah. Ca- was it called the Cadbury's scream Cadbury's egg? Cadbury's scream egg. Mm. And I don't think I don't I think they've made that over. like minty or limey or anything. No, it's I just think, a yeah, Cadbury's cream egg. We had a discussion about whether they might have made it taste like rotten eggs. <laughs> that would have been much better. <laughs> Moving on with the snacks. We have um, Mr. Kipling's exceedingly good six shock and orange slices. Shock and orange. Now, is that a play on shock and awe, or is that just a... <laughs> oh, God. What's going on here? Is it now acceptable to make <laughs> Halloween references to recent war? Um, I, I don't know. What is a play on? It's peculiar, isn't it? Shock, shock and, and orange. orange. It's got chocolate to... Chocolate orange. Oh, chocolate That's orange. Rubbish. That's better, though. It's okay, well, it's better. more acceptable than shock and awe, which is where I was going. <laughs> So they are actually wrapped in. Oh, so it's kind of a lunchbox thing, probably. Oh, and it's got little uh, little chocolate 
chips on the top. It's got the same very dense, powdery, foamy texture mm. as the other Mr. Kipling thing we just had. It does, and it has a little sort of jam filling. Yeah. Um, but there's not enough of it. I think Don't it's supposed to be raspberry filling. Raspberry yeah. filling. Okay, I think the raspberry filling is, is um, underwhelming. Not, not so fond of these. Oh, bad work, Mr. Kipling. <laughs> <laughs> Listeners may wonder where we get our snacks from. Mm. A few people have asked. We buy the snacks. We go to the shops. Mm. And we buy them and we eat them. And then the ones that we don't eat, we take home. Just so everyone's not confused about this, there's no Mr. Kipling van turning up oh, at our no, houses no. saying, <laughs> oh, here you go, Layla and Rue. Here are the snacks for your episode. They're not sponsoring this. They're not even giving us free stuff. We're actually paying for this with our own money, just yeah, so you know. Yeah, we are, yeah, we, with our own money, Rue, that's right. <laughs> Lola bought this round. <laughs> we have had stuff sent in from listeners, haven't we, in the past? Oh, that's true. Like no, yes. And, and you, also, yeah. both uh, Lee and Dave before him have been very generous with essentially coming in with bags of stuff every yeah. every couple of weeks. Brilliant. Yeah, like, Lee's been amazing. He goes out with his rucksack to Tesco's and just fills it with <laughs> stuff and buys, like, family packs of everything. Yeah. Like, brilliant. But, yes, if you do want to send us something, please send it to Rue. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you can send it to uh, uh, Rue Reynolds, uh, Aviation House, 125 Kingsway, hey. Holborn, London, or just London. You don't really need the area. Yeah. I don't know the postcode, but I'm sure that will get here. Yeah, send it to my address at work. That would be lovely. Great. There yeah, you go. Don't get enough parcels. Um, I got some jeans through the post the other day. That was exciting. <laughs> yeah, I've decided now I'm grown up. Now mm. I know what size my legs are, and they're not changing very, mm. very much anyway. Uh, it's okay to buy jeans on Amazon. That's fine. Yeah. Get them delivered. Right. Turn up at work. I even I even went off to the loo and got changed, Did put my you? new jeans on. Oh, yeah, it's good. That's sweet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the final snack yep. is... Um, Spooky cake bar, five spooky cake bars. It's a Jaffa Cakes cake bar thing. Now, the, I've seen Jaffa Cake cake bars, and I think we've even tasted Jaffa Cake cake bars uh, on yeah, Chiffon Stop. I think you're right. In what way are these spooky cake bars? Surely they've just put the word spooky in the packaging. <laughs> um, I think you might be right. They've just kind of gone through all their, the products they sell and said, <laughs> which is the orange one? What can we do? the green one? Orange and green do seem to be the designated colours of Halloween, don't they? I suppose orange to represent... Uh, the pumpkin. Oh yeah, autumn. Yeah. Autumn. Yeah. And uh, the change of the seasons. And green to represent rotting flesh. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Or apples or. Um, is that a thing at this time of year? Do you get well, apples? Well, apple bobbing is a Halloween party thing. Yeah, that's true. And apples are quite autumnal. I think you're right. There's a lot of Halloween branding that goes on around existing product lines. Mm. Quite an easy thing to do, really, isn't it? Like. Yeah. Special special edition. Yeah, of course it is. It's got a good layer of um, Jaffa topping on mm. there. It's quite creamy. A nice, satisfying chocolate. Mm. Yeah, this is great. Also, it doesn't have that thing. It's got a spider web on it, mm. which I'm not crazy about. Mm. But the, um, the what was that? The Mr. Kipling orange things. <laughs> Kipling spiders. Have, yeah, have really quite realistic <laughs> uh, sort of greyed out outlines of spiders crawling all over the transparent wrapping. In a very frightening way. It's really unpleasant. It really is. You could sort of pull, pull a trick on someone using that. Well, and worse, they've got massive teeth. Oh, yeah. Is that supposed to be teeth? Maybe it's supposed to be oh, maybe it's their eyes. eyes. Spiders have eight eyes, but some of them are bigger than others, so maybe they've, they've just drawn the big ones. Yeah. Oh, I'm going to finish this Jaffa cake bar. It's delicious. Mm, that concludes the... <laughs> Happy <laughs> Halloween. Spooky foods. Are you doing anything for Halloween? Do you have a... And what do you do for Halloween? And what's the thing that you can do? You can have a party, I suppose. You can have a party, yeah. yeah. If you're a family, you go out trick-or-treating, maybe. Go and annoy all the neighbours. But if everyone goes out... Nobody's in. Mm. So how do, what do you do? Do you like, take it in shifts? Some people go out and then stagger it so that other people can come to their house when they're in? Oh, yeah. yeah if everyone on the street... Yeah, it's ridiculous. People yeah. like you and me who don't have mm. kids. 
we're going to be in handing out sweets while all the parents and their children are out. God, not they don't get enough from us anyway. Yeah. <laughs> what are we going to get from them? Pay my bloody taxes. I know. Um, these are my favourite, I think. Oh, the, oh, the Haribo mm. ones. Yeah, mm. they, they seem quite good, although um, tough, you know, quite chewy. They'd last a long time on a train journey, which Mm. I'm sure you'll be looking forward to. uh. (laughs) Layla, thank you for um, bringing all those lovely Halloween-y treats. I'm feeling even more on a sugar high than I was before now. Yeah, you're welcome. Um, I've enjoyed the the scary lunch that I've just had. (laughs) Was this lunch? This was my lunch, Oh, that's great. Um, Do you want a can of Coke? (laughs) Yeah, is there any other just totally (laughs) non-nutritious Something colourful that has <laughs> no sugar. vitamins in. Oh, well, um, that's that's what Halloween's all about. No, ha- happy Halloween. Happy. Have a spooky Halloween. <laughs> <laughs> Long may it rain over us. Oh, I've been invited to speak at Boring 2012. Oh, yes, excellent, me too. Oh, good. Mm. Well, we'll um, we won't do a double act, but we'll both be there, that's oh, good. Oh, that'd be good. Oh, well, um, I look forward to seeing you What there. are you going to talk about? Um, I might talk about collecting mm. and collections, and I might list some of my collections. Mm. I was going to read out a QR code, uh, pixel by pixel, as in <laughs> black, white, black, black, white, black, white, black. And that, mm. If I did that for about six minutes, I, I could have got people to draw on grid paper a QR mm. code that they could have then scanned. I realised that we were really, really painfully boring six mm. minutes. More boring than I think the boring conference deserves. Yeah, I think your um, your collections will be the winner, though. Let's try that. Yeah, you've, you've talked about it before, haven't you? I have, but to a lot of people who won't have been that boring. When James emailed me, mm. he said something like, I read your blog post about collecting, and I think you'd be a really good speaker for boring 2012. Mm. And... It made me think, oh, that's good. I'm really pleased to have been yeah. asked. And it made me think, oh, <laughs> I see. Oh. oh. It's that, yeah, it is a mixed blessing. I quite like boring because it's sort of a, um, a, a celebration of things that you didn't realise were interesting. Yes, I've never, I've never been to a boring before, but that's how it's always oh, been uh, presented, is it's yeah. not actually as boring as you would imagine. Yeah. Which yeah. is good. Quite a lot of the speakers are either really interested in something, mm. and you just wouldn't come across them at any other event or right. any, anything. You know. And that was the great thing about interesting when it was on, yeah. was that you would get a bit of you know something mm. that you would never have thought of, and I think, I think James is doing a great thing. I'm looking forward yeah. to it. Yeah, well, it'll be fun. Um, I don't know who else is speaking. I well, he's not announced it yet, has he? Well, no. he's, he, the, the speakers list isn't up. So. I hope he announces it soon, because I was interviewed by someone for their blog today, mm-hmm. and um, he's put it up, and I realised that I'd mentioned in there that I'm t- speaking at Boring. Yeah. So I've kind of made it public that I'm speaking. Well, I haven't checked with James whether it's OK for yeah. me to talk about me speaking, but maybe I, maybe I will, and then if yeah. he says it's all right, we might include this bit. We, I have been sort of loosely cataloguing um, occasions of Chiffon Stop lookalikes that <laughs> <laughs> Can you name any? Um, there was two children on an episode of Location, Location, Location <laughs> who looked a bit like me and you. That was quite funny. Uh, <laughs> when you say was... they looked a bit like me and you, <laughs> one of them was female. Yeah. One of them was male. Yeah. Um, Is there but... a, like a, a build thing? Like, does the um, does the boy have to be taller than the girl? For no, there's nothing. No? There's just like a sort of something about them that okay. makes me think of it. Now, um... I want to press you on this. <laughs> <laughs> what, what three words would you use to describe us? There's no, there's no words. <laughs> there's no words for this. Oh, also, the ITV show Take Me Out, which you probably hate. I've never like. seen that. I've um, seen um, that dinner program on four. What's that called? Come Dine With Me. Oh, yeah. I've no, seen it's that. not like that. No, yeah. different? It's, it's like um, a very... Uh, it's quite cheesy and quite um, over the top. It's like being in a nightclub, but... <laughs> 
um, <laughs> is it is it's loud? a load of sort of it is loud right. and it's like it's like is it dark? it's do you know the thing of it it's no, like, I, don't right, okay. I don't know what this is well, anyway there's a program called take me out as some listeners will know yeah and there is a spin-off program called take me out the gossip which is on um on the next night or something is that like the follow up program and it's, it's in like the style a little of... kind of backstage okay yeah. like you're fired um, or yes um, strictly t- it takes exactly two or whatever like okay that. right I know yes. my BBC references yes that's yes. good <laughs> um, they'll be proud of you it's um, the people that present the gossip are sort of like a distorted <laughs> kind of clubby version of me and you clubby which is quite which is quite funny you'll have to watch it to see what I mean um, and you should definitely watch it for that reason um, when you say clubby I think white jeans is yeah, that, is that clubby? It's kind of trendy, big hair, um, tan, you know, permatanned, yeah, like eyelash us. extensions, yeah. um, which is what the show is like as well. They, they have like 30 women and they style them up to give them enormous hair and um, big eyelashes and little skimpy dresses and stuff. There's a huge row of women and then they send a man down and the man <laughs> has to sort of show off to them um, through a series oh. of sessions and they get to buzz their light off if they don't want to go on a date with him. Is it presented by um, that northerner? Tis. Oh, Paddy. Paddy man. Paddy. Paddy who was in Phoenix Nights, etc. Yes. Okay. I've seen an episode of this. I now know what you're talking about. I quite like that format with the you buzz out if you're not interested or the other way around and then... Uh, yeah, it's great. At the end, so yeah. whoever's left on, okay. they, they get to get the final decision based on who's. It's a clever now I'm format. With you. Yeah, now I want to. I want to watch more of that, and especially it sounds like the the gossipy afterwards show. I yeah. should. I should see whether it really looks watch like that. that. Watch that. Oh, I know. Speaking of um, spooky Halloweens, another thing that I'm doing in the next month, in the end of November, I think, is um, do you know the website Den of Geek? Have you seen that? I do. com. Mm. Um, so, a lady I know, in fact, a lady we interviewed on the podcast. Who's that? Sarah Dobbs, who's very interested in horror and scary things. We talked to her about Saw. Yeah. She's um, organising. Mm. Yeah, all the movies. All the movies. <laughs> in great detail, I seem to remember. She's organising um, an event called Den of Eek with Den of Geek, which is all, like, people talking about... Well, people reading ghost stories that they've written. Oh, great. And telling ghost stories and stuff. When will that happen? Do you know? Um, it is the end of November sometime, which is a date I can't remember. If you look up Den of Eek, you'll be able to find it. And um, I'm doing something which I haven't quite finished yet. <laughs> You're going to write a story for it? I think I'm going to write um, a sort of investigation thing. It's not going to be fiction. It'll mm. be more like looking at real people's ghost experiences. Well, those could be some of the scariest stories mm. there. I'm finding them too scary to... I find I can't work on it at night. <laughs> Do you get scared by this sort of thing? Because no. I, I get, really get the creeps in. <laughs> no, I, I really don't. But, but then maybe I haven't heard enough uh, kind of interesting and unusual paranormal stories. Maybe your, your, mm. uh, your research might, might be exactly the thing I need. Maybe if you were sitting in a dark house, in a dark old house on your own. Yeah, that used to be inhabited by drug salesmen. Yeah, um, without the heating on. Yeah. Um, with a mirror nearby <laughs> and things like that. Yeah. Is it, is it lit by candlelight? Is that helping the atmosphere? <laughs> mm, no, not even that. Um, <laughs> it's just dark, lit by my laptop screen. So um, we were going to ask the listeners whether they would help us name your dog. Yeah. Maybe it would help if they knew what breed, though. Um, well, I don't know what breed yet, but I'm going to see RSPCA next week to see oh, what they've got. Okay. Um, and it'll probably be some kind of crossbreed, I expect, if I get a rescue one. Yeah. But if I get a new one, it might be... A new a, one? <laughs> a new one. <laughs> An a fresh, one. Yeah, exactly. It might be a um, might be a collie. Or uh, I was looking at 
Alsatians as well, but okay. everyone sort of says, oh, they're a bit big and barky. Let's not allow the breed to influence it. Let's just okay. think well, of well, How about gender, then? Have you, got a, have you got a particular sex in mind for a dog? No, not, no, I don't think... I don't know if that's right. <laughs> You're not making it very easy for the listeners here. Well, you can just think of some... There must be just some names. Just dog names? Yeah, just dog names. That, Fido? Or, you know, dog names based on what listeners know my interests to be. Okay, well, I suppose if it's a good enough name, even if it has a gender bias, you could either ignore it or have it influence your dog selection. That's true, you can start with the name. Start with the name. Okay, <laughs> listeners, it's over to you. Come up with a name for Layla's dog. How should they get in touch with us? I've forgotten. Oh, um... There's probably an email address. <laughs> I think it's podcast at chiffronstop.co.uk. That rings a bell. Have we got a celebrity saying that somewhere? Can we, <laughs> can we put that in yeah, we probably now. do. Let's put it in now. You can follow us on Twitter at shiftrunstop and send an email to podcast at shiftrunstop.co.uk. We talked before about compulsions and things that we're mm. obsessive with a lowercase o about. Yes, we got halfway through and then the fire alarm went off. You were, you were saying um, that you have a one or two sort of minor obsessions. I have a good luck, bad luck thing. Uh, and I was telling you on the way out while we were having to go down the fire escape that um, if I go to a different shower than the one that I always go to at my gym, I feel mm. a little bit weird about it. Mm. Um, so there's a particular cubicle that I have to go in, um, which I don't think that's that unusual right I mean people feel most comfortable doing the thing they always do and that's my routine now I always do that I don't think I need to seek therapy about that Please. Is there anything special about that cubicle? Is it no. an end one? It is an end one, yes. Yeah. So maybe it's the it's, end one's the best. Yeah, maybe that's best. Mm, because you don't have as many neighbours. Yeah, you don't you don't want many neighbours when you're in the in no. the shower. <laughs> you want to get get a bit of privacy. Um, I understand that. Listeners, um, I would love you to send us your compulsions either yeah. in the medium of of Twitter or email or on our forum, the much neglected oh, Shiffrin yeah. forum. Also, if you want, if you have any um, like Viagra to sell or anything, yeah, I mean, please. <laughs> Prada handbags. We we yes, can't get enough of those right, yeah. fuckers. Yeah. Right. Um, <laughs> Layla, you you take trains uh, probably nearly as much as I do. Yeah. Do your trains uh, have automatically closing doors between the cubicles? Uh, when I say cubicle, I mean compartment. <laughs> between the compartments. Um, yeah, they kind of go and close on you as you're halfway through. Or Indeed. Yeah, yeah. And there's a special uh, button uh, on the door for opening it, obviously. Yeah. And do, do your trains, like my trains, have a special secret button above the door which disables the automatic closing Oh, mechanism. I don't know. That's Look so exciting. Look out for it. Oh, my God. It's great. Is it in the ceiling? The it's not in the ceiling. There, it's it above the door on the lintel, on, like, the, the top bit of yeah. the, the thing. Yeah. So it's not on the very ceiling of the train, but it's, like, it's one level door. down from that. It's kind right. of like the frame of the door has yeah. an extra button. It's green. It doesn't light up. Does it light up? I don't think it lights up. Um, and if you press it when the doors are open, the doors won't close until you press the button again, and then it re-enables the doors. And it's brilliant. Oh, my God. Southwest trains definitely have it. You need to look out for it. I'm not sure what other makes of trains do it. That's amazing, because quite often someone will be like leave their bag too near to the door and it'll just be opening and closing oh, for hours or yeah. something. But that, oh, yeah. Well, the time it's really useful is when everyone's getting off the train. Obviously, it's going to keep closing on people who are, who are leaving. Yeah. So the polite thing to do when it reaches its destination, mm. which for me is either Waterloo yeah. or... I don't know, it carries on all the way down to Weymouth or Paul, so whatever, I never see the other end of it. Um, but when it reaches Waterloo, if you're the first one getting off the train, you just press the button and then everyone behind you is going to have a nice, easy journey off the train. Oh. And quite frequently, I find when I get on the train, leaving at the end of the day, mm. um, the doors will have been disabled for exa- in exactly the same way. Yeah. Um, and then as I'm getting on, you know, to make it nice and quiet and peaceful, I'll, I'll close the doors again by turning back on the oh. mechanism. I was going to say, can you can you lock it as well? Can you shut it so it doesn't open? <laughs> no, that would be great. Like a double <laughs> click. Maybe, maybe I should try some more key combinations. 
Um, but yeah, the, the one time you definitely shouldn't press it is if you're getting off the train and it's your stop, but there are other people still going to be on the train. That's incredibly rude. And I've seen people do it. So they'll, they'll get off at their stop at like Basingstoke or mm. Woking or Winchester or, you know, mm. other train stops are also available. And just because they're getting off the train and the two people behind them, they think it's okay to ruin the train journey for everyone else who will still be on the train for the next 60 miles. And I say to those people, do not press the train button button. Do you thing. say that? Uh, well, no. Do you take no, on in like my a head. sort of... All right, okay. <laughs> Only in my mind. <laughs> Um, that's brilliant. So would I be able to reach this button, or is it only for people as, as tall as yourself? It's quite high up, but I yeah. think the, the ceilings are low enough and the doors are mm. small enough that you could probably, you know, yeah. with heels on, you could probably do it. Right. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to look for it today. It's fun. Good. It's like a sort of, sort of, I don't know, real-world hack thing. I like it. Yeah, so, exactly. What's, yeah. The other, what's the thing about Starbucks? If you go to Starbucks and ask them for a small, they bring out a special cup or something? Have you heard about that? I, I don't believe that's of, true. Surely if you ask for a small coffee, they'll give you the tall coffee, because that's what's... But there is a thing anyway. called small, which they really? will occasionally, yeah, I, this is what I've heard anyway. Do you have to convince true. them that it's the special small? Do you have to wink when you say it? Maybe. Get it it might be worth winking. <laughs> I have this experience in Sheffield of constantly encountering dead pigeons. and um, No, no. In what I, way do you I just see them, them, like, in the street. Quite often there'll be a dead pigeon. More so it's than maybe other five cities. times, like maybe once a month, I'll see a dead pigeon. Um, Considering how many pigeons live in London, yeah. you'd imagine there'd be a lot of dead pigeons on the streets here. But I don't think I've ever seen yeah. a dead pigeon. So, so I'd probably seen five, and um, then when my friend came to visit, they managed to hit one with their car, um, which makes six, I think. And then, um, and then when I moved into my new house, the first day I went there, I opened the back door, and there was a dead pigeon outside my back door. Wow. And it has, in the garden? Yeah, on the there's like a, I've got this sort of um, stoop area yeah, stoop. before you go down to the garden. Right. The pigeon was there, and I realised that it had hit my office window, oh, thinking that it was the sky. Climbing. And just so I killed a pigeon with my house. <laughs> <laughs> One thing your house <laughs> has done I already. Did with it. Yeah. <laughs> you bought a house and then killed a pigeon. <laughs> But I've been oh, making, it up, making it up to them by putting bird feeders outside and there's been loads of birds on the bird feeders. Doesn't that endanger more pigeons with your windows, though? Doesn't that mean that they'll, they'll come and hit them more frequently? Oh, I don't know. I'm hoping that now I've got curtains in and stuff, it'll um, kind of... could help. It'll show, yeah. The thing some people do, especially if they've got a lot of glass on their building, mm. is they get uh, big cut-out stickers of owls and kestrels and hawks and things. Yeah, that looked nice. Yeah, you do that in your office window. <laughs> And then every any time you're inside, you'd be subconsciously freaked out by a massive bird of prey looming outside. Yeah, yeah. Do people do that? Have you seen that? Yeah, thing? I used to work at IBM down in uh, Hursley near Winchester, mm. and they had a big glass walkway joining up two buildings, oh, right. which of course is you know, Bird Alley. Yeah, that's that's going to be where the birds are flying most. Right. So uh, in order to diminish the number of dead birds, and there <laughs> were frequently birds that would hit the window, and you could oh. see the bird prints, um, and you see all their beautiful feathers all splayed out oh, across the gra- glass. Um, they put pictures of uh, big birds of prey, like black wow. silhouette outlines. Don't think it worked, though. I mean, there were still dead birds after that. It didn't so, stop it. Yeah, well, maybe I won't do that. No. I'd, I'd forgotten that you worked at IBM, mm. but my IBM is sort of the subject of my talk for boring. Is this so, because of your uh, um, point-of-sale terminals? 
uh, <laughs> ethos. <laughs> ethos. Um, so the gist of my talk is going to be um, why am I so interested in IBM tools? It seems to be a weird thing to be interested in. One of the reasons is that I used to live when I was very small. I lived near a major IBM plant in in Scotland. Um, Greenock. Greenock, yeah. Now, how right. do they pronounce it? I'd always always Greenock. debated Greenock or Greenock. Oh, Greenock, yeah, Greenock. yeah. Okay. All the kids I went to school with, their parents worked for IBM, and it was just a huge thing in the area. It was and a big I had, like um, hardware plant back yeah, in the day. They yeah. would make things there in the Silicon Glen, as that Ooh, part of Scotland was called. Fancy, yeah. There were loads of companies, and they produced um, most of the ATMs in the UK. And, uh, automatic telling machines. Yeah, if you like. Um, not ATM machines, of course. No, not automatic ATM um, machines. ATM, um, yeah. And I had IBM posters on my bedroom wall wow. when I was like six. Yeah. So I think since then IBM has been a thing for me. That's amazing. And, and now, you know, obviously we do shift fun stop and part of the appeal of working with you is that you have a connection with IBM, <laughs> I've just realised. Yeah. So they follow they followed me through my life. You see IBM tills on the high street now almost almost everywhere. Mm. Loads of places use them. It's quite interesting when you find somewhere that doesn't use them. Um, and every company that uses them uses the same model within that company. So all Starbucks use the same model. Because mm. it's easier all, just to have use a thousand model. of the same thing. I presume, right? yeah, that's it. And so very few of them use, for example, the IBM 700, oh. which has um, just come out in relatively recently and you hardly ever see them because wow. because it must be so expensive to replace all the tills at a company that's And why would you just replace one shop? You'll probably have a few spares in a cupboard that your yeah. engineer can go around and, and replace it with one of your, exactly. one of your backups. Wow. So, yes, yeah, so it's quite interesting. But, oh, no, no, I'm looking forward to your talk. It's, yeah, it's well, I've only got 10 minutes, so it's, it's going to be a bit of a whistle-stop tour through the world of IBM, and you'll probably find, being being an IBM experienced um, former employee... Well, I never worked in retail, though, so I don't ah. have any of these point-of-sale experiences. Well, I, I would like to put out an appeal to our listeners to take photos of um, any IBM tills they see and send them to me or put them on uh, Instagram and hashtag them IBM Tills or even better, plot them on my IBM Tills map, which I've made on Google Maps. How can they find that? Um, it's just, I think if you just type IBM Tills, you should be able to find well, it. In, Google, in Google Maps. Maps. Yeah, okay. and I'll link to it from my website, finalbullet.com as well. Because there is an urgency now, because IBM point of sale is being sold to Toshiba. No. And so there's a real danger that we're going to lose all the IBM logo tills. That at the moment, I'm, you know, I'm like a bird watcher. I love seeing them. <laughs> if you see one, it's great. But presumably, if this happens and Toshiba start branding mm. them differently, won't you just have a whole new area to collect? I mean, that's just going to be brilliant, isn't but it? It's, it's like a whole new species of bird being born. That's true. incredible. <laughs> I suppose, when you put it like that. But it doesn't have the same kind of historic resonance as IBM for me with my posters on my bedroom wall as a child. Yeah, and, and the Greenock connection. Uh, exactly. Yeah. I'd, have to, I'd have to collect a different IBM thing. <laughs> but, you know, and there aren't that many of them left. There aren't that many left. Oh. They're, they're invisible now. That's the trouble. Yeah. It's been a good episode. We've talked about um, brilliant. We've talked about technology. We've talked about um, spooky things. Yeah, compulsions. Compulsions and habits and collecting and hobbies and collecting. Yeah. So send us uh, your names for Layla's dog. Yes. Send us your compulsions. Go and find Layla's IBM Tills map on Google Maps and add IBM Tills to it. And on the twenty fifth of November. Uh, you can see both of us speak independently and separately about different things at the Boring 2012 conference. Yeah, do all of that. And send us um, snacks and things as well, because um, send them to Rue at his address that he gave earlier. Yeah, if you want. If, if you like. <laughs> if you like. Yeah, and we, we, would, certainly, uh, we would certainly be 
be grateful for uh, food, basically. Yeah. It's kind of what it's come to. <laughs> Send us food, we'll, we'll thank you for it on yes. air and then eat well, it. Well, I hope you've enjoyed this experimental episode in which there has been no guest. No guest. And we, we may end up doing a few more like this because it's easier for us, really. Yeah, let us know if, if, um, let us know if it's all right. Yeah. I, I, to be honest, I enjoyed it. Yeah, That's I all enjoyed that really it. Matters. And I, I don't think we really care with what you think. No. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> See you next time on Shiffer and Stuff. That was Shift Run Stop, available on iTunes or from the website shiftrunstop.co.uk.